Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. In today's show, we're going to discuss numerology and how you can look at numbers to enhance your understanding of yourself, others, and the world around you. We're going to briefly discuss the numerology in your name, your birth date, and even your home. And if we have time, we'll examine repeating numbers and what they're trying to tell you. So let's start by just talking about the numerology of your name. Each letter is represented by a number, which in numerology can give us hints as to a person's inclination, drive, and instincts. So you can, you can easily Google this. There are wonderful apps for this, but you can figure out what every letter of your name what number it resonates to. And then you can add up those letters and see different information and aspects of your personality, your outer expression, your inner expression. You can figure out your destiny name by adding up all the numbers in the name as it appears on your birth certificate. But for time's sake, we're only going to talk about the vowels in your name. So when you meet someone, if you know just a little bit about numerology, and what the vowels indicate, you can get a really good insight very quickly into that person. So let's take, for example, Denise, the first vowel in your name is E. Mm -hmm. Well, E vibrates to the number five. And people who have the first vowel E tend to be lovers of love. They seek out beauty, harmony, and peace, but they also need a lot of freedom and they do best when they have something to celebrate, some goal to focus on. They do often attract energy vampires, but only because they have this feeling that everyone is good and everyone is worthy of help and assistance. And so because of that altruistic generosity, sometimes people with the first vowel E will attract energy vampires. But in general, they are here to really figure out a balance in their life of freedom and goals and working for themselves. They thrive best at that and really understanding the deeper mysteries of life. Now, my first vowel in my name is an A. So if you meet someone who has the first vowel A, that vibrates to the number one. So they are going to be hardworking, driven, independent. They're often very critical of themselves. They need truth, loyalty, and honesty above all else. If you lie to someone with the first vowel A, they're probably going to know it and they're not going to trust you very much after that. But they also need truth, loyalty, and honesty from themselves. And the number one thing first vowel A's need to work on is kind of going easier on themselves, not being such a harsh inner critic. First vowel A's aren't judgy of other people. They're, they tend to be more hard on themselves. Now, if you meet someone named Michelle, for example, with a first vowel I, that vibrates to the number nine. And so they are going to be very spiritual and wise. Nine is the last single digit number in numerology. And so it is often indicative of an older soul. They might have issues with family. A lot of people who have the number nine in their name or birth date might have some little inner child healing work to do, or they might have an issue with one parent over another. They may feel unloved or abandoned or just very responsible for others. They are natural leaders and they always know the right thing to say. People often go to nines for that wisdom that they carry within them. 
Now, if you meet someone like my daughter, Olivia, with the first vowel O, they are going to be very nurturing and sensitive. They vibrate the number six. They like to take care of others. Like the first vowel E, first vowel O's love to work for themselves. They also need that freedom, but it's different than the E. The E needs freedom because they just don't like being told what to do. Whereas the first vowel, oh, they need freedom because they have this natural leadership and entrepreneurship energy within them. But watch out if an O is betrayed, because like the first vowel, A, uh, very rarely will they give second chances. They have huge magnetic personalities. People are often drawn to people with the first vowel, oh. If you have the first vowel, you, this vibrates to the number three. So anyone with the first vowel U is going to be a great storyteller. They are super creative, excellent at any artistic endeavor. They also make great counselors. They can be the Peter Pan of the group. A lot of threes have a hard time adulting. They like to just see the better side of life and just kind of let life carry them along. They can have extreme energy, either really happy or really sad. They're very colorful and vibrant people. Everyone's attracted to a first value you person. So as you can see, all of the numbers have positive aspects and not so positive aspects. And it just sheds a little bit of light on what these numbers bring to the world and what these numbers need to work on. If you have a first vowel Y, you are someone who is wise and spiritual and there are hidden depths to you because Y vibrates to the number seven. In this case, when it's a vowel, these are the mystics and the seekers. They are naturally intuitive. They have lots of healing energy. A lot of first vowel Ys are natural, innate healers. They also are really good at holding a grudge. They tend to be seen as aloof, but they're not. It's only because they need a lot of alone time to recharge their batteries. But the first vowel why people, they need to always ask why. They need to always seek the deeper answers to things that are really juggling around in their head. They need, they need to know why. And so they make wonderful writers and teachers because they seek those answers. What's interesting to me is, and I'm thinking of different people as you were reading those, that these are very accurate for the people that I'm attaching the description to, but there's someone that popped into my head who on a birth certificate, the first vowel would be O, and the description of very nurturing, sensitive, taking care of people, working for themselves, betrayal, all that stuff fits to a T, but this person uses a nickname that the first vowel is an A, and those attributes also fit to a T. So if you change your name or change the spelling of your name, or you go by a nickname, does that give you that duality? Or do you still go default to your original, what your birth certificate would say, or what your given name is? It's kind of both. So the name that's that you're given at birth, that's on your birth certificate, is considered your destiny. And so it's something that you can't avoid. It's just who you are. However, if you want to change up that energy or add to it, you can go by a nickname. That is, so the nickname, the, the name that people tend to call that person all the time, mm -hmm. that's going to be more of their outer expression. It's how other people see them. It's the energy that they're emitting, that they're giving off. 
but their birth certificate name, that's always going to be who they are as well. Okay. Very interesting. Yes. So what I find fascinating is that everything has energy, right? So whenever we apply numbers to it, we get a deeper level of that energy. So the number of your address, your home address, or even your work address, you can look at as well, is going to add to that outer expression of energy that your home gives off. So all you have to do is add up the numbers in your numerical address to get an idea of the first impression or energy imprint your home gives off. So if you live at 123 Main Street, your home vibrates to a six because we would add one plus two plus three. Now, can you figure out the numerical numbers of the M, the A, the I, and the N, and so on in that, and add all of that up? Yes. And that's going to give you some deeper insight into your home's energy. But if you want to know just what is the energy that my home is attracting and emitting on a daily basis, all you have to do is add up the numbers in your home address. If you live on 67 Zoo Lane, then your home vibrates to a four because we add six plus seven, and then we get 13. And then you always want to reduce to a single digit, unless it's a master number, 11, 22, or 33. But with 13, that's not a master number. So then we would add one plus three to get four. So 67 Zoo Lane gives off an energy of four. Does that, am I explaining that clearly? Oh, very clear. Yes. So if you do the numbers in your home, like have, add up the numbers in your address, Denise, and tell me what it is. Nine. Nine. Okay. So if you live in a nine home, then you're giving off, your home is giving off an energy that says all are welcome. It's a great energy. As we said before, nine is the last single digit number. So it's considered kind of like the the big sister energy, you know, like, oh, we can lean on this person. Everyone's welcome here. Lots of spiritual energy. Nine is also the number of reward and recognition. So it's a great energy for your home to give off. This is a home where you can finally start to receive the recognition that you deserve, that you can finally start to open up your arms to the rewards that are your divine right. So I think nine is perfect. Now, If you add up all the numbers in your numerical address and you get a one, this is going to give off an energy of a home and a family who's independent. They don't need anyone, ambitious, hardworking, driven. So it's a great number to have on a home if you are living there and you're working on a project. Like let's say you bought the house specifically to flip it or rehab it or really enhance and and bring out the authenticity of the history of the home. A one is a great one to have. But let's say you moved into a house because you love the neighborhood and you want to be neighborly and have an open door policy. That's not really the best number to have. And we'll talk about ways you can fix that. Because in in a one energy home, you're going to feel compelled to always work. You're going to feel you'll be sitting on the couch watching TV and suddenly your eyes will fix upon the molding that needs to be repainted. The one energy house is always like, girl, you got to work. If I could, if I could quote from RuPaul for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) If you add up all the numbers to your house and you get the number two, well, this is a number of love and partnership, peace. The two will seek peace 
no matter what. And two, energy needs balance. So this is a wonderful energy to have, especially for a new couple who's just moved in together. Having a two energy is great. The only negative side to the two is it's very dualistic. It's kind of like, um, you know, this is the way things are and that's it. So it, the, the two can be a little closed off that way, but really that's the only negative to it too. Twos are just, it's the number of love. If you add up all the numbers and you get three, this is a great energy for your home to emit because three is the number of laughter, communication, creativity, connection. This is the energy you want to exude if you do want to have that open door policy home. Three is all about everyone's welcome. Think about the numbers. The number one, all by itself, marries the number two, which is all about love. And together, they give birth to the number three. So three is also a good number to have for your home if you are wanting to start a family or you already have a family or you want to start including a lot of four-legged friends into your home. Three is all about everyone is welcome and there's lots of love and laughter here. Four, a house that gives off the energy of four, this is, go this is probably going to be the house that wins like the best yard award because fours are all about beauty. They're all about practicality, following the rules, being grounded and secure. If you don't feel safe in your home for some reason, having the number four as the energy your house emits is going to make you feel very grounded, rooted, and safe. If you really are wanting to, to work on expanding your home or creating a garden, beautifying a project in your house in any way, this is going to be the energy you'll want your home to emit. It's very, four is solid. Think about it. There are uh, four legs on a table to help it to be balanced. We have four directions on a compass. So four is always the number of that, that sense of anchoring and security. And, and I'm here for you and I've got your back. If your home vibrates to the number five, well, it, you're going to have a lot of fun, but you're also going to have a lot of drama. Fives have this energy of spontaneity and nothing is set in stone. There are no rules. We're just going to have fun and we're going to run from one thing to another and we're not going to make a lot of plans and we'll just see what happens. Uh, I, fives are kind of like the, the rebels with a cause, you know, they're they, they usually have a, a purpose to their chaos, but uh, there can be a lot of drama with the number five. If your home vibrates to a six, this is the perfect number for a family. If you draw the number six in your mind's eye as you're listening to this, you'll note that it looks like a pregnant woman. So six is always the number of the nurturing parent. It's wonderful for focusing on, on children or anything that you're trying to birth into the world. So if you're working on starting a new podcast or a writing project or a creative endeavor or a new business, having your home or office vibrate to a six is wonderful energy for that. Six is also the number of the natural entrepreneur and leader, as we said before. If your home vibrates to the number seven, this has a lot of the alone energy as the number one home. 
It's all about study and intellectual development. So let's say you're in grad school and you're really trying to focus on your studies and you're just working, going to class and coming home. You would probably enjoy living in a home that vibrates to a seven. Or if you're doing research for a project at work, you would probably want your office to give off an energy of seven. The only negative to the seven is it does have that aloof energy. It does have that message of, I don't need you. I don't need anyone. This island is all by itself and I'm just fine. So if you're going through a situation where you need help and assistance, you probably want to switch up the energy of your home if it's vibrating to a seven. So if your home vibrates to an eight, that is a wonderful energy if you're working on making money. Eight is the number of hard work, ambition, achievement, drive, very similar to the number one. It's all about saving money. Eights in life, they don't feel safe unless they have money in the bank. That's how they feel rooted. Every number has something that makes them feel safe, right? So like for the number two, being loved and in love makes them feel safe. For the number three, having someone to laugh with and connect with makes them feel safe. For the number five, uh, not having rules and not being hemmed in makes them feel safe. But for the number eight, having money is what makes them feel safe. So that's why they are the hardest working energies of all the numbers. So if you're at a time in your life where you're like, you know what, I'm paying down that debt and I'm never going to de deal with debt again, then you would want your home to vibrate to an eight and or at your office as well. So eights are really great at getting stuff done. If you do the numerology of CEOs and US presidents, you'll find the number eight repeated so many times in their name and their birth dates. So it's also a number of leadership as well. However, maybe you're taking time off in your life. God bless you. I envy you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you've just retired or maybe you are lucky enough to have purchased a vacation home. You wouldn't necessarily want your home to vibrate to an eight if you're in those chapters of your life because the eight energy is always going to push you to work and do more. As we said, just to wrap up, the number nine is all about spirituality, reward, recognition, and it does give off a message of all are welcome here. So let's say that you're listening to this and you're like, well, my home vibrates to an eight and I just retired and I, I just want to kick up my feet and relax. So what the heck do I do? Well, in numerology, there's always a fix for everything, which is one of the reasons I love studying numerology. Like say, for example, with the question you asked me before, Denise, if you were given name vibrates to a number that just you don't want to give off that energy, well, give yourself a nickname or switch up a letter in your name and you can change the energy that you are giving off and attracting in the world. So I think it's great that we can always change and switch up this, this energy when we work with numerology. So what you would want to do is go to a hardware store and get the address numbers, or you can just get a pencil. And on the inside lip of your front door, you would write down a number that when added to your home address would reduce to the number you want to generate, attract, and emit. For example, let's say your house adds up to the number one and you have just moved into this neighborhood, like I said before, and you really want to meet all your neighbors. Well, then you're probably going to want that house to emit an energy of three. So you wouldn't write or get a sticker, an address sticker of the number three 
because then your house would add up to a four. You would write on that inside lip of your front door the number two, because when we add that to the number one, we get three. Which makes perfect sense. Okay, good. Uh, let's say, though, for example, that you've bought this old house and it needs a lot of work. And you're like thinking to yourself as you lay in bed at night, how am I going to get all of this done and do my job and take care of my family? I don't have the energy. And your house adds up to the number three. And you're like, well, I don't really want an open door policy right now. I need, I need to just sit in this house and pull up these floorboards and paint all these walls. You would want your house to add up to a number four because that's all about beauty. Fours aren't vain. I want to make it clear. Like if you have four in your name or birth date, it doesn't mean you're walking around with Botox and filler and, you know, thinking about beauty all the time. Four is about beauty for the love of beauty and nature and, and the aesthetic of it. You know, it's so it's four is not a vain number. It just wants everything in this world to be beautiful and to live up to the best of its potential. So in that case, if you're living in a house that emits the three energy, you would add the number one so that it would that now have an energy of four, which would surround you with this impulse and drive to really get those beautification projects done. There's so many things you can do. Years ago, I went to this little workshop and the woman, to go back to names and, and that, and her name was a certain thing and she spelt it. She she said, years ago, I realized the vibration of my name would be better if I added an E to the end of it. And she legally changed her name to add an extra E on the end of it. And she said it changed the whole trajectory of, of where she was going in her life. And she was wow. really into astrology and woo-woo and all that stuff. She had also said something about adding a letter. So if you had a certain number, you can add the vibration of a letter to the number. So you could make it, so say it was 323, you could add an A and that would change it. So I don't know if you'd ever heard anything about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things you can do, which I think is really fun. You want to hear something crazy. If you add up all the numbers in my name on my birth certificate, you'll get an eight. Okay. If you add up just my first and last name, as I you know, went through my life before marriage, you'll get an eight. If you add up all my names with my married name, you get an eight. And there's <laughs> eight letters in Samantha. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Like, I can't get away from that number. <laughs> so I've learned to just reconcile it with that number. It's, you know, it's, it's, I love the number eight. I consider it my lucky number now. But it's important, I think, to look at numbers that are constantly popping up for you or appearing in your name numerology and your birth date. And, you know, something fun you can do as well to further understand what all these numbers mean is correspond them to the tarot. So, for right. example, if you take me with my number eight everywhere, that's that's a hard number to have, but it's a good number to have because it, it keeps me driven and focused and working. In tarot, the eight card is strength. And so it's really made me study and examine that card and look at, okay, so we've got this woman and she's taming this lion. Who's the lion in my life? And if you look at the number eight, I think for most of us eights, if you're an eight life path or you have an eight destiny number, the lion is ourselves. The lion is that person, that side of us that says, 
you know, you got to keep going. You got to keep working. You've okay. You achieved that goal. Great. All right. What's our next one? You know? And so you've got to find that strength and you'll notice for a lot of eights, they will constantly be working on encouraging and, and really patting themselves on the back because that's something eights don't do well, but they will have a lot of challenges in their life that help them to cultivate strength. So very often just finding out more about, let's say your lucky number, and then corresponding it with a tarot card is really, really fun to do. Do you have a lucky number? Uh, no, not really. I don't. I, Do you I have don't. a number that like pops up a lot for you? Well, a lot of my stuff tends to be nines. I, I have like, if you, you do the numerology of my birth date, my destiny and all these other things and even my house, I get a lot of nines. Interesting. Okay. And so in Tarot, what's the ninth uh, key card? Is that the hermit? Yep. I think that's <laughs> so fascinating. <laughs> kind of spot on with that one, huh? <laughs> Yeah, but if you think about the, the hermit, I, I love this card because, because he's holding the lantern, right? And he's he's standing and he's on kind of like a like a snowy landscape, and yet he's got a lot of help with him. So he's not on this frozen ground. He's got his staff, he's got the lantern. And so to me, this card is always about walking your journey alone with that light inside of you. And then the minute you discover what that lantern is leading you to discover, to me, that the hermit card is about turning around and then teaching others how to find the light in themselves. See, and, and I see it a lot as going within, seeking that inner knowledge and guidance, prayer, meditation. It's a very internalized energy for me with that card. Yeah. And it's a highly spiritual card, which is what the number nine is. And it's what you are. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Um, okay, so let's say, for example, that you have you look at the numerology in your home address or your name or your birth date, and you see a lot of repeating numbers. So you might have the number two over and over in your name or your birth date, or you might look at all your home addresses and realize they all added up to the number two. That, again, is something you want to look at, and you want to look at what is the positive aspects of the number two? What is the negative aspects of the number two? Again, look at the two key card in Tarot and see, well, what does that tell me about myself and what I'm trying to learn and understand? You'll notice in Tarot, the second key card is the high priestess. And she's got that duality. She's got those you know, everything in that card is about duality. So the number two is always about duality. But what is the high priestess card about? It's about owning your own intuition and learning to listen to yourself and understanding the mystery of who you are. And so twos always have that natural innate psychic ability. So you do want to look at repeating numbers. You also want to look at missing numbers. So if you do the numerology of your name and you notice that one or two numbers, for example, are missing, then that can point to something that you need to work on. It's either something you've already worked on in past lives, or it's something you need to incorporate in this life. Uh, for example, I see a lot of times people will have one, five, and seven in their name or birth date. 
one, five, and seven are the mental mind numbers. These are the intellectuals. These are the thinkers. These are the people who are always trapped in their head, but they do a lot of good stuff up in that head too. So there's nothing bad about it. It's just, they need to work on moving from their head to their heart. So if I look at someone's numerology and they've got all one, fives, and sevens, and there aren't any of the the two, four, and eight, which are you know more of the emotional numbers, then I would recommend that person work on making that journey from their head to their heart. So looking at missing numbers is really important as well. And I also think it's fun to look at numbers that pop up for you in your own life. Like we always hear about 1111, and that's usually an indication that the universe is asking you, what do you want to manifest now? Oh, See, I've heard that 1111 is also about spiritual connection, angelic connection, message from spirit, message from loved ones in spirit. So it's interesting that uh, manifesting what you want, that makes good, perfect sense as well. I think think it is a message from the other side, but if, you know, the master 11 is the master manifester, so all the master numbers have a job, right? So like, the master 11 is capable of manifesting amazing things. The master 22 is the master builder. So they can, they can build it. If you can create it, they will come type energy. And the master 33 is the spiritual teacher. So when you see the 1111, it's really asking you, what are you manifesting now, consciously or unconsciously? What are you hoping to manifest? And being mindful that there is help on the other side for you to manifest these things. Oh, I love that. And finally, before we wrap up, I just want to mention karmic numbers because I find this concept absolutely fascinating. There is a belief in numerology that if you have one of four numbers in your birth date, it indicates an aspect of karma from a past life that you're trying to work on in this life. And so the karmic numbers are 13, 14, 16, and 19. So if you were born on the 13th or the 14th, or if you, um, let's say you were born on January 12th, then you would add up one plus 12 is 13. And so that would give you an expression or personality number of 13. So you, this number can come up in one of three ways in your birth date. If you have a karma 13, this indicates people who have a difficulty showing emotion. People with a karma 13 may not marry or they may have a fear of commitment. In a past life, they may have abandoned their family or refused to work or just been born into a wealthy family and kind of took advantage of it. So people with a karma 13 have to work really hard in this lifetime. They may face obstacles in their career path or try to avoid working as much as they should. The death card is associated with the number 13. So it's all about overcoming the fear of the unknown, taking risks, and working hard. Uh, For example, Kobe Bryant was a karma 13. And think about how hard he worked in his life and how much good he was able to accomplish When he was very publicly accused of cheating on his wife, Kobe healed this karma 13 by admitting to it, apologizing to his family and his fans. And after that, he completely focused on his wife and children. 
He went on to win an Oscar for his short film, Dear Basketball, and achieved so much success in his um, sadly cut off life uh, as, as both a man and a father. But other people with the Karma 13 are Sigmund Freud, Thomas Edison, Ulysses S. Grant, and Leonardo da Vinci. If you have a Karma 14 in your numbers, this is an abuse of freedom. So people with a Karma 14 often misused their freedom in a past life. They may have taken freedom from others or had their freedom taken from them. They too may have avoided commitment or responsibilities. They may have had a past life with a difficult marriage or false imprisonment or being forced to join a religious order. If you add up 14 and reduce it to a single digit, it's a five. And so as we mentioned before, fives are always about freedom. So for example, Abraham Lincoln has a 14 life path, which signifies a possible abuse of freedom in a past life. How appropriate then that he would free the slaves in his lifetime. Martin Luther King Jr.'s name adds up to a 14. And clearly he healed any karma with his beautiful commitment to the civil rights movement. Oscar Schindler, who helped rescue over a thousand Jews from certain death was a 14 life path. So people who have that number in their birth dates are really going to be focused on freedom and helping others to find their own freedom. 16 is often an abuse of love in a past life. So people with a karmic debt of 16 may have spent prior lifetimes seeking independence or on a quest to be on their own. They're here to work on opening their heart to true love and abandoning their ego and any fears about commitment or feeling vulnerable. Uh, Princess Diana and Marilyn Monroe, for example, had the karma 16. They can be either very religious or very atheistic. Some are prone to addictions. Uh, for example, John F. Kennedy, he had a personality number of 16. And while he obviously struggled with the notion of commitment and fidelity, he also brought so much hope to America. Yes, he did have a big ego and he did enjoy his power, yet he worked hard to break up the mafia. He prevented us from going into Vietnam. He brought us to the moon and had a vision for our country that woke up a whole nation with renewed hope. Wasn't his campaign song, I've Got High Hopes? I think so, yes. And then finally, we have the karma 19, which is the abuse of power. So people with a karma 19 may have abused a gift or power in a past life. 19s will have a fascination with this concept of good and evil, and they must come to terms with their shadow self in this life while embracing their true inner light. If you think about the number 19, the number one represents the self, while the number nine represents humanity. So you can see that yin and yang, that pull and that uh, duality there. 19s must learn to accept the dark side of humanity while working to help those around us. They also, they also will often create loneliness for themselves, pushing away others without meaning to do so. They need to avoid dependence and codependence. Many with the Karma 19 have this kind of like a Cinderella complex where they're waiting for someone to come and rescue them. Whereas really the only rescue that's coming for a Karma 19 is when you learn to empower yourself with independent action throughout life. So it's interesting to note that the 19th Amendment in the U.S. gave women the power to vote. Uh, healing a lung karma of stealing power from half the population. 
So it's fun just, I think, to look at the, the numbers and what they mean and how they, and how they repeat in our life and in history. So just to reiterate, how do you find your karma number? You can be born on a karma date. So like you can be born on the 13th, 14th, 16th, or 19th, or to get your express, some people call it the expression number. I call it the personality number because it's the energy you give off throughout your day. That number, you add up your birthday and your birthday month. Okay. So I'm thinking of someone that was born on the 19th of a month. So they would have this karmic work. Yes. To do. And then they were born in the third month. So that would be 19 plus three. 22. 22. So then they'd be dealing with a four energy as well? No, they'd be dealing with a master 22 energy. Okay. Because that's so, one of those weird ones. All right. Yeah. So, they, so they'd be born on a 19 slash one day. So they'd have the karma 19. Um, but their instinct with that one energy is always going to be to innovate, to think outside the box, to lead, uh, or to work on their own, very ambition. But their personality, the energy that they give off to the world is a master 22, which is great because it means they're here to build something. The master numbers have a lot of negatives to them as well, because people people feel it unconsciously. They feel this inner pressure to always do more when they have a master number. Okay, so and you're, we're not even looking at the the year of birth in this. We're just looking right. at the so, month and the day. No, okay. you can um, if you add up all the numbers in your birth date, and it and as you're adding it up, it comes to a nineteen, a thirteen, a fourteen, or a sixteen. Then that indicates a karmic number there. So you can have it in one of those three oh, ways. Okay, great. Thank you. That clarified it beautifully. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting when you start to play with the numbers of, of yourself or your friends and family, you can really start to see where these karmic, not everyone has a karma number. It's not a common thing, but mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating and important to point out. But yeah, and a great way to learn numerology is to take someone in, in public life that you admire or have read a lot about or want to know more about and just look at the numerology and their name or birth date. And it's a great way to start to learn about people. Of course, you start thinking, wow, would this have made a difference when my children, would their name is on their birth certificate, would I have still chosen the same thing? What's the energy of that when you're buying a house? Oh, I really love this house, but it's a, a three and not a five. Or, you know, I, I think that there's it's a tool like anything else. So don't let it override everything else. Right. Right. Exactly. But there is a really cool book I got years ago when I was pregnant with my first child and I bought it for my niece who just had her first baby to me. So I'm a great aunt. Oh, um, congratulations. Thank you. So, um, I was excited to see that it was still in print because I got it from my library and I was like, I bet this is out of print, but I found it on Amazon and it's, it tells you the numerology of a lot of names, not every name, obviously, but it tells you the numerology based on three different systems of numerology because there are, you know, like everything, right? Like there's different ways to read lines on the palm. There's different ways to learn astrology. There's, there's different methods with the numerology as well. So there are some pretty cool books you can turn to. My favorite primer for learning numerology is Glynis McCant's book, her first book on numerology. I have that downstairs. That's a, that's a great reference book, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. 
So anyway, we hope this has just been kind of food for thought and something interesting to think about. What Denise just said is so important. If you're already living in a home or you've got a name and it adds up to a number you're not so fond of, again, no worries. This is just another tool in your intuitive toolbox to think about. And there's always things you can do to add, switch up, change, alter, and amend the energy that you're working with. So hope this just gives you something to think about and chew on this week. Have a great week, everyone. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.